chance to win this with a field goal. Give me time. Give me time. Wait, there's a timeout. They're going to ice the kicker. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Wow. The snap is good. The threads are up. It's time to ice the kicker. Boom! Thank you very much, Charlie. Enjoyed that little uh, rendition. That's the first time you've ever done a boom straight off the top of the start of the show. That's a very exciting moment for us. Second series, going bigger, going better, going bolder. Thank you very much. Where man has been before. Thank you. We are, we are honestly going into new areas that have never been explored or discovered before. To uh, boldly go. We were just having an amazing discussion before this podcast and now we are going to bring it all to you. This is Ice the Kicker podcast and basically if you're an NFL fan, hopefully you will enjoy this podcast. We do really appreciate you coming to join us because... As we know by just uh, doing a little quick Google search, there are lots of other podcasts out there, so we do appreciate you taking the time to come and join us. Uh, So what can you expect on this podcast today? Uh, Well, um, straight off the bat, we will do our usual, which is the news, and then we will focus on this little thing called the Combine and also answering a couple of the questions that have come at us on our Twitter, which is Ice the Kicker Pod. Um, Charlie, um, it feels weird because we haven't done this for two weeks. So we've started in a kind of excited way, but it feels like home now. I'm relaxing a bit more now. Yeah, we're ready. We are there. The energy is back. I missed this pod last week, as I'm uh, hopefully uh, you did as well. But uh, yeah, no, it's a big week because the NFL season, it may be off, Tom. Mm. It may be a downtime, but oh, no, no, no. The combine hits this week. The draft in a few weeks, free agency. I mean, there's still a lot to be going on. It's a, it's a sport in a sport we were talking about earlier. There's still a lot of entertainment and drama. The NFL know how to do that very well and keep those juices flowing, that energy pumped. Yeah, they do indeed. So, uh, Charlie, uh, there's also a little feature I'm going to throw at you, which is called Franchise Tag Time, uh, where we'll see uh, which teams have uh, used their franchise tag. I like uh, it. Um, should we do it now? Go for it. Okay, well, brand new feature. I'm quite excited oh, about this. Oh, just throwing it out there. Okay, so see basically, what? see what can happen is a team now is able to put a franchise tag on a player that they can't uh, sort out a contract deal with. So then they do quite well in terms of being paid. But obviously, if you went on a free agency, you could probably get paid more. So this is called the franchise tag. The team can put that on your player that is currently with you. So franchise tag time. Which NFL teams have used their franchise tag? Zero. Okay, that's the end of the feature. I hope you liked it. Um, we'll keep you updated <laughs> on whether any more teams use that. No, yeah, to, to, to clarify, just a quick <laughs> joke there. But no teams have used it as of yet. And, and Tom's right, basically... Uh, players, you know, they enter these negotiations. They want to be paid the best they can. They know they're if they're a top-tier talent, they can uh, test the waters elsewhere and a team can pl- pay those big bucks, especially if they have a lot of ca- uh, salary cap space. Um, so when they can't quite come to an agreement, they get a deal which is known as the franchise tag. And that, I think you get the average five salaries of the top five paid at your position. Mm. So it, it can vary. I think for quarterback, it might be 25 million. I think for safety this year is around 11 million. I think defensive end is around the 20 mark because 
Um, Demarcus Lawrence. People like uh, Aaron Donald at the Rams will push up the average for other uh, offensive linemen, which is quite interesting. When when people get paid more, you know that that, that franchise tag is going to go up as, as well. Oh, yeah, massively. The more people get paid, the more more hope you have. The salary goes up, the average goes up. But um, And then and not only that, if, if you're in that position, you see that guy's getting paid, you go, well, I'm only a little bit under him, or, so I want to be paid yeah. not that far off of him. So it's a tricky waters. Play, some players don't mind a franchise tag others hate it if if because it's only that one guaranteed year and they want they want a longer deal with more guarantees and set to make more it's, it's hard for those players to kind of like put a lot of focus in that one year and go i'm really driven i'm fully behind this franchise whereas if you put a three-year deal at least they know they're going to be there f- supposedly for that contract amount of time it gives them a little bit of but some say excitement players play better in that one year because they have to play good that year as well yeah then they, that's they're, true. they're trying to work for the the deal after this one year when players get those big guarantees we see mm. it in free agency so often foots for, off the gas yeah foots off the gas I, I, well i've got 80 million in guarantees 50 million guarantees doesn't matter how i play now i've got the guaranteed portion of the contract so it's very interesting so maybe these franchise tags when they do happen that you're going to see a good year uh, from those players uh, all right then uh, talking of franchise tags moving that along in terms of news the people that have been cut uh this is a Ice the Kickers show. Uh, let's talk about the kickers. Uh, Matt Bryant has been uh, kicked uh, from the Falcons. Uh, he made 20 out of 21 field goals, but uh, he has been shown the door, which sounds to me like that's a financial trying to work out a contract deal, not about ability because Cody Parkey has been kicked uh, from the Bears after that particular miss or a fantastic tip uh, from from the defense trying to protect the field goal yeah firstly with Bryant the Falcons have done a lot of moves already early early um, off season trying to restructure for the next year a lot of it has been um, salary cap yeah yeah, Yeah. basically based around that Alfred's gone he's already signed on elsewhere now Bryant but 20 for 21 field goals not I'm sure he he will be a kicker that will be picked up very quickly and um, Cody Parkey completely different story because uh, he's guaranteed a lot of money and the Bears have course, let him go he? for a kick. Yeah, they signed him to like a nine million at the start of the contract and I think he's set to earn just under four million this year and they're basically wiping their hands of that Chicago. He's out the door. So a uh, kicking spot is open at Chicago. We, we never like to speculate uh, in the top of the podcast with the news, but... You don't like to speculate. I, I love it. I love it and I end up doing it. And you end up joining me, but then saying you told us not to speculate. But we're going to do it. Cody Parkey, uh, Matt Nagy, uh, obviously they fell out or whatever was rumoured because he went on a, a live talk show and talked about that miss and what that meant. And Matt Nagy wasn't happy about that. So this is kind of like you're not following my rules within the house and talking to the media. So I can't be seen to do it. So they'd rather get rid of someone like that. And I'm not saying he did anything wrong. I'm not passing judgment, but it doesn't fall in line with Matt Nagy. You're showing the door, regardless of how much is still on your. I think contract. it was the final straw, wasn't it? Yeah. I think with the missed kicks and then that, it was just like we're just going to cut our losses. But again, another kicker that should find work. It's funny though, Chicago Bears moved on from now uh, 49ers kicker who actually Robbie Gold, who who is going to be getting the franchise tag. We've yeah. made a semi mistake there. It's not been fully sorted out and no, announced, but he he and which is about five million, I think maybe, mm. or is it four million for a kicker? So he's going to be getting very good money. But he has gone on to be incredible for the Niners. I think he he leads the way, doesn't he? Oh, uh, he's, uh, Robbie Gold was was, was yeah. amazing. Um, they've also got to sort out the whether they put the franchise tag on Jimmy Ward as well. Uh, but with Robbie Gould, 
so consistent and you want consistency. And that's what Kyle Shanahan definitely needs for the 49ers this year. So start with a kick in. Everyone else is struggling. Uh, cement your, your place. It's why Adam Vinatieri will be going at the Colts. They've signed him to that contract. Uh, Robbie Gould, yes, they can't work out a contract for how long they need him or going to want him. So just put the franchise tag on him. Will that annoy Robbie Gould? I don't know. He'll get paid, but he'd probably want longer commitment uh, paid towards him. But that, that we could argue uh, here and there. But it is very interesting. Other news, Bills have got rid of the tight end, Charles Clay. Uh, he's been picked up by the Cardinals for $3.25 million. And also Bengals, we talked about it in a few other episodes. Don't forget you can listen back to any of the podcasts you've missed. Um, quite a few people that listen to this uh, podcast do end up doing that. They're like, oh, mate, we're just trying to catch up from three weeks ago. Um, please, you know, try and listen on time. It does help our analytics, uh, said no one ever. Uh, Bengals defensive coach, uh, Lou uh, Anamo, um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, Giants defensive back coach is now their head uh, defensive coach. So that's interesting signing there. Uh, where do you want to start with the news, Charlie, in terms of the big things we get into? Uh, Michael Crabtree being cut. Should we start there? We want to talk about the Raiders, cut the Steelers. one-year hit wonder at the Ravens. So he's ended up getting, I think he signed a three-year deal, 21 million. He ends up getting 8 million of that 21 million. So 8 million for one year in the Ravens. But they... We, we've heard about the stories of their offense, you know, the, the injuries to Flacco, the offensive line. They don't have many weapons. They just couldn't get the ball to him, couldn't get the receptions, or maybe he wasn't getting open. But the direction they're heading now, clearly going to be a, a mobile run-based quarterback uh, running game. That's the, the threat they'll be going towards. So uh, Crabtree is uh, collateral damage yeah. to the Ravens. But $8 million, I think it works out to something like $150,000 per reception he oh. got. And uh, some of those receptions are priceless. Uh, and I was very annoyed that he sort of fantasy where we, we happen to play it ourselves. I'm sure you do as well listening. Uh, but um, yeah, Crabtree was quite an annoying pickup for me uh, in, in, in fantasy league because halfway through the season just stopped when Jackson came in. Uh, so that's what money saved there for Crab uh, for the uh, Ravens at four million. They're also trying to trade. Joe Flacco and Denver Broncos seem to be up for this trade. What, what's your thoughts on that, Charlie? Um, well, what happened to your voice there? Yeah, straight away. What happened? Are you where are we going with this? Because it went up. Well, and because up you said Flacco, <laughs> Denver, and it's in Colorado, and that altitude is not good for your voice. Those it just went really high. Exactly. Just skiing down from them. Complete voice. Do you think you're still still a good enough quarterback to to lead the Broncos offense? And is he worth the money that they're going to have to trade and actually pay him? Well, this is the interesting one because Flacco, you know, he, ha- he has b- had some terrible injuries over the past two years. Back injuries, hip injuries. So he hasn't able to been play at maybe the level he can play. And let's not forget, you know, Super Bowl MVP and, you know, a, a, a winning Super Bowl player. But... um and, and as he had the weapons at the Ravens, as he had a poor offensive line and he's had these injuries. So... If the Flacco can get to maybe the, the Flacco we know of old and the one that won uh, the Super Bowl and the one that got this big contract, then maybe it's a great deal. But he's very similar to Case Keenum, I, I think. Maybe mm. a lot of people who watch the tape more closely will say, no, they're different. But height could be a, a big thing that they'd say, Joe Flacco's a guy who can sit in the pocket and throw it. Case Keenum yeah. does, does like to yeah. move about. Yeah, that's fair. But they're sort of, I don't know, tail end of their careers, what they're offering. But I, I so I kind of think it's, 
it's not really a lose lose for Denver. I can understand it. It's not much of a of a gamble mm. in a sense that it's a fourth round draft pick. It's not much capital to give away. They had an extra one anyway for they traded away Thomas to the Texans, so they only give that one back. So they've yeah. still got their normal fourth round pick. Uh, the cap space needs to be sorted out because Keenum's on 20 million now. Flacco's coming in on 20 million, so they're going to have to sort out where does Keenum go? Is he traded? Is he cut? Um, but I, Flacco is it an upgrade? It or not? Do, 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 do you think it's an upgrade? I think that's that's on Case Keenum. Uh, obviously, you straight away look at Case Keenum does not have a Super Bowl under his belt, but it's a lot. We we talked about it in yes. this podcast. Okay, cool. It's just it's just because it's interesting that salary cap is going to have a massive hit. You can't keep. Case Keenum there and Joe Flacco because you are going to suffer somewhere on that roster. Defense, they say that they're good with Von Miller, Chubb. Uh, oh, so if the, if it's the offensive line they really need to sort out. The defense is still good. It's aging somewhat slightly. The secondary needs to get a little bit younger. But it, it is an upgrade. And I do believe that at the start of last season, Flacco was actually playing a little bit better till he got injured again. Yeah. But he was playing a little bit better. And apparently, he you know, he's, he's a great leader. He's a great man, great character. You never heard him once moan about the Lamar Jackson thing. Took mm. it all on the chin. And if anything, was great for Lamar. Lamar really talks him up. He, yeah. Every press conference about Joe was like, you've lost your place now. This is Lamar's team. All he done was just talk Lamar up. Every conference, just talk Lamar up. Kept talking Lamar up. Is apparently they had a real close quarterback room at the Ravens. Uh, Robert Griffin the third over there as well. And um, and that's really what you want. That's a lot of leadership to me. You know, he's a very mm. humble guy. And um, it's interesting. Can they get him back if they can shore up that offensive line? Is he better over there? You know, he's he, he has more road wins than the, the Broncos have road wins in 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 the playoffs. Not yeah. not in obviously normal league season. But it's funny the Broncos. Um, the last two Super Bowl MVPs to change teams, mm. uh, the Broncos have traded for Peyton Manning and uh, Joe Flacco. So they they obviously know what they like and both and, quarterbacks as well. So Elway, uh, the the man uh, at the Broncos, uh, this is the direction he wants to take this this franchise in. Then yeah, and your your favorite man, the new Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. Fangio, what's going on? Uh, it's interesting because with NFL, you know, like they they sort of tell you what you want to hear, the GMs and the front office, and you always get, he's our guy, he's our guy, we have full trust in him. Vic Fangio, first press conference, and I know he's never going to say different, but he goes, I love Case Keenum, Case Keenum's our man, because uh, Vic Fangio, it was the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, so he was used to playing Keenum, yeah. who was the Vikings quarterback, he said, I know all what Keenum's about, I know what he can do, I've seen him do brilliant with the Vikings, we're going to get him back there. They trade for Flacco. So, that was obviously... <laughs> someone else's move or uh, it but, wasn't telling the truth but Fangio has history with Flacco because Fangio done one year in Baltimore and apparently he's a big fan of Flacco so well it makes sense because you, obviously until you know that there's someone else you can trade for that's better that there's an upgrade in that position you say that what you've got is enough right now yeah and apparently the big thing here why this happened when Vic Fangio was appointed they you know they they start um, addressing team needs, the draft room, and seeing where they're going for and seeing planning for the new season. A guy that they had their eye on, Justin Herbert, I think is I'm pronouncing it right, a college quarterback, um, decided to stay in college for one year, and the Broncos were all in on him. As soon as he decides to stay in college for another year, he's going to yeah. come out next year. They've got to look elsewhere. So Flacco on a one deal, I believe they'll still draft young and work under Flacco. It's very interesting that see. So when you, if you're really all in a guy, all your college scouts, hey, this guy coming out, this guy coming out, now he's not. Yeah. It's a really interesting because Justin Herbert was going to be the number one 
uh, quarterback to, to, to draft for in, in this year's draft. And we will be talking about the draft more. Uh, but first of all, in today's uh, podcast, we're going to be focusing on the combine. But Justin Herbert returns to Oregon uh, for another that's what year. I mean, yeah. And, so and, and that's really you. interesting. And that changes everyone's dynamic of what they're going to do in the draft. But Massively, you know, if you if you keep coming back, like, this is our guy. This is our guy that's going to be the face of the franchise. It's going to lead this franchise for 15 years. Look, Brady's still going or however long. And then he goes, he's staying in college. Well, we need plan B. Do we go another year with Case? Do we, do we get someone in for a year? Because we, do we feel we can still compete? So, so many uh, layers to it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and obviously, what a find uh, they had in, in the running back. Uh, the name has just escaped me. But Philip Lindsay. The man. The, uh, yeah. It, it, Incredible. Because I was going to have a story about him in a combine. Because when we, when we get to it a little bit later, it's interesting about Philip Lindsay. You know, there's only a certain amount of players that are invited to the combine and a certain amount, even less that are drafted and how the, as much importance we play on the combine, Philip Lindsay wasn't, wasn't even drafted and look at the career he's gone yeah. to have, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. A bit more. Uh, it just shows that it isn't all set in stone. It's not the be all and end all. Hey, look, if it doesn't happen for you in the combine, you could be like Philip Lindsay. And that means the team's always got chance. You've just got to have uh, a bit of luck and a bit of fortune. All right, let's talk about the Raiders. One more year in Oakland. That's excited. Uh, and, and it, I'm sure it's excited a lot of Raiders fans. They're Raider Nation. So they've got another year. Uh, they don't have to move just yet. I'm glad they get to play in Oakland one final year before Vegas rather than share a team yeah. share with another team especially when you've got three first round picks coming this is the all in Raiders have got cap space they've got this they've got that I think it's good it's a good send off saying this is rather than going in now what a Anyway, let's not talk about that wet season. Uh, Steelers working on a trade with Brown. Uh, talking of uh, dysfunctional f- franchises and what's going on there. And, and, and um, that may seem a little bit harsh to use that word dysfunctional, but something's not right there. Le'Veon Bell's now gone and Antonio Brown could be going somewhere. We don't know where, but the Steelers have got to w- work out what they want as compensation. Yeah, well, it, well, Bell's not gone yet, but it's so uh, they, they both look like they're off. And just before we get into it, I thought, Whatever team you support, it's so weird. It will be weird to see that triple threat. Because to me, it was, you know, the triple B threat. Big mm. Ben, Bell, and Brown. Mm. And no, no matter what team you supported, what an offense. And it was oh. so good to watch. And it was why they, they was always the team on primetime. Sky always had them on the Sunday game. Mm. Because they just had it from everywhere. And, and it was a joy to watch. And it's sad that it's kind of ended up this way. Because if... I know, look, they've got to look after themselves and money and whatnot, but as three guys, you would hope that they'd say as three mates, let's stay together. Like, God, I've got a quarterback here. I've got yeah. my wide receiver here. Like, us three can really do something here. We just need to knit together. But Build around, build around. We've yeah, got a Super Bowl. A nucleus here is a great core, but I know, obviously, there's a few things. Brown's a little bit questioned Big Ben, and Big Ben runs the team and not, not a great leader, and other people have come out and said he is. He always blames himself first. Who knows what's what's fully gone on there? But it does feel like there's a lot of bad blood bubbling in there. Yeah. Not a great room culture there. Do you, the do you feel like the wheels are slightly coming off on the Steeler train because they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? When it comes up, uh, when you turn to like the playoffs, uh, and in the AFC North, you know Ravens finished above them, and you got the Browns. Uh, Bengals had a poor season in their standards. So are, are the wheels coming off? Uh, Massively, yeah. I don't. I don't think you even have to like sort of say that tentatively. They they are. They, they, they should be there for the next five years competing, and it should be those three leading the way. And for some reason, when when you say, okay, who's going to make the playoffs next year? There's a few teams you always mm. know, the Patriots and so on and so forth. And the Steelers are one of them. They're perennial contenders. And now they 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 might not be next year. 
So we we don't we don't quite know what's happened there, and it is a real shame. But apparently, three teams have inquired for AB. We don't know. This is a time for speculation because those three teams, because the full trade uh, and free agency hasn't officially opened yet, we uh, teams can't officially. Um, Brown can't talk to teams that can only go through the Steelers. So very interesting to see. But I, I did read and see a tweet that said maybe AB stock is actually a lot softer and uh, lower than people assume because for a player that in uh, for six straight um, seasons has had 100 plus receptions, the most in NFL history, 837 receptions in 130 games. That's the most. 9,145 yards uh, is the most in the in NFL history as well in a six-year career span. And yet only three teams want to talk to him at 32. For me, he's the best wide receiver in the game. I don't, I'll don't. i happily put that out there. Yeah. Um, Why are they not making His more? production is off the charts. I mean, Mr. Tony Totap or as Mr. <laughs> uh, Big Chest, as he now wants to be known. You don't want to be known as AB anymore, Mr. Big Chest. Um. I can't believe that more teams aren't in for him. But is it a thing of is it the the culture? Is it is it the attitude? Is it or is it that he's thirty one come mm. come next season and teams are gonna have to play him a big deal? It's not like Amari Cooper being traded in for the first. He's twenty four. He's got yeah. we've got ten years of Amari Cooper. But how long you, have we got? What you don't want is a team coming in that's in your division taking him because then you've got to worry about. Oh, the how Steelers he... apparently have said we we're, we're only want to deal to the NFC, not the AFC. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting. So then, yeah. But then in the NFC, if say like as a Niners fan, say the Seahawks got AB, Russell Wilson to AB, I think it's a. I thought about this. I think it's great. I'll, yeah. I will get him over there. But they've got the cap space as well. But they they they're the ones who have gone. We don't want all this culture in the dressing room. They got rid of Sherman. They're getting rid of L. Thomas, who who for me they mm. players they should not be getting rid of. But they don't want to. It's always Russell Wilson's team. We can't upset his Pete Carrotty, you know? Does it's Russell Wilson want him, though? You know, and, and if Russell Wilson wants him, it could happen. Uh, interesting enough, and we definitely don't want to speculate, but there is rumours that the legal problems with AB early on in January uh, could come back to to affect his 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 value uh so just just watch this space on that uh charlie uh question for you uh mid podcast is it time to turn our attention to talk about the fans questions and the questions that we posted on twitter seeing as we're talking about the fact what do a team's teams do uh, to to yeah boost their team all right i just i just wanted to get the seal of approval uh from you all right so on twitter uh, we posted uh two questions uh this week don't forget ice the kicker pod uh, is where you can find us uh the first one Question was, the draft is the main source of team building. Um, in this draft, how would you prefer your team to draft? And there were four options. Best player available, best available player, trade back and acquire more picks, or trade up and be aggressive. Really interesting question because every team is now thinking, what needs do we have? What, how can we uh, best serve this team and go, go in the draft? So, 40% uh, said trade back and acquire more picks. That's very much the Patriots way of doing things. Um, what, what, what's your sort of like, what would your gut instinct go for your team, the Packers? The, the Packers are, uh, are all about getting picks as well. And the Packers, every year I start up to watch the draft, they trade back. They've done it last year. we got an extra first rounder this year. So, because they, they place a lot of importance on this draft and develop, even though now we're slowly starting to get into free agency a little bit more. And I've got to be honest, I was surprised hmm. that that was the winner, 40% trading back, because fans, I always thought, are very much instant win-now mode. No, let's trade up. No, let's get that star man. Like He says he's going to be the, you know, like, hmm. we're all in. You know, like, I, I still do it now. Like, 
I watch certain college game tape of players in college games, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I could watch zero, zilch on one player, and I read one article and goes, this guy's got a great arm. I'm like, <laughs> so right, true. draft him. I'm so like, draft true. him. I'm like, and then people are like, have you seen him? I'm like, no, I've not seen him. Draft him. Draft him. <laughs> and it's like, so I was really surprised at 40% of saying Trey Back, because Trey Back's very, well, it's not aggressive. It's, do you know what I mean? It's passive. Yeah. But, 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 but yeah, I, 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 I totally so agree I, with I'm you. Like, That's not team building. No, but is it, is it, I think the draft... I understand it, but... More and more is the hype. There are, there's, what do they call it? Blue chip players. So Saquon Barkley, that's your boy. If You, you know it, what you're getting, yeah. You know what you're getting there. And there's a lot that is, uh, obviously the, the jump from college, are they uh, pro ready in terms of, are they NFL ready? The, the offense and the spread and the, the tackling they use, are they ready to jump up? So so you, it's a bit of a gamble. So actually, it's best to have more picks and take more gambles and go, oh, that didn't work. Never mind. Did that oh, work? Oh, yeah, completely. And I think what you're, what you're trying to say is generational talent. If you're going to trade up, you know that this player, we can't get anywhere else in the draft, any, yeah. any other round, and we can't get him for the next four or five drafts because these players don't come along often. Mm. And and there is only a few out there. You know, it's, it's interesting. We say Saquon Barkley, we knew what he was going to be and what he's achieved. 2,000 yards from scrimmage. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. It's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. But then you've got players like Alvin, Alvin Kamara who are going in the third round who are just like electric yeah. or Philip Lindsay. All right, it, it might be a little bit of a drop-off from Saquon Barkley, but he went undrafted. I mean, yeah. if he's your running back, you're, you're doing okay. Do you know yeah. what I mean? This guy's going to go really high in fantasy next year. So, Think about the so, salary cap for your team. And, yeah, uh, so you, as much as you want to be aggressive, and I'm all for it, you need to realise, like, we need we need to know that we cannot get this guy elsewhere. And like you said, this guy's going to be here for 10 years and 15 years. But when we hear so many stories of Tom Brady going in um, yeah. the fifth round, Antonio Brown going in the fifth round, Philip Lindsay being undrafted, then more and more teams probably don't want to draft up because, like, well, are we going to hit on this guy? Are we going to hit on this yeah. guy? You know, like Dak Prescott was a, was a, almost an afterthought, and he went a little bit later, although he had a little bit of um, history. He was, a, he was like in trouble with the police and stuff, and he went character. later. And that, and that, character. Yeah, character issues, what we're going to hear a lot about when we talk about the combine in a minute. And now the Cowboys potentially have their guy for the next 10 years. So, 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 it's, so it's about value. Like, yeah. like um, Bill Belichick talks about value, value of the draft and what the the the, the value you want to put on things can be all shifted and that is definitely what's going to be happening in the combine well one man's treasure is another man's junk is how much how much do you value that one player and and this is what the combine comes down to is each each team grades grades a player differently and each team is their their vital credentials is like so one team might be like you know we're all about speed we're all about power we're all about height mm. another team be like well we're all about character we want winners you know this guy's yeah. a little bit thing but his football iq is off the charts. You know, he knows the plays. He's, he, he, he lives in the, in the, in the film room. Mm. So each team's different. Best available player for me every time. Yeah? Every time I say that and I'm backtracking already. But yeah, best available player. Uh, you mean best player available? No, I think best available player. So like, I remember... At, at, at a certain position. A certain is, position, yeah. That you're after. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose that that would be the best. However, I think I think, I think there's the best ar- player on the board, even if you're not after that position. Yeah, I, I think that there's argument for both. If the night, whatever team it is, said right, oh look, he's still there and he is an incredible talent. Take him, even if you you've got holes to fill. You can do that in free agency. You can plug that gap. This guy is that much better 
in that position than anyone else. Uh, however, if that is the best player, but you've got some really good players in that position, I, I feel like sometimes you just take the best available player player in the position you're looking for i completely understand but what the item i don't get about it there has to be a cut off at some point so for instance again i i've only watched clips of some players not all of them um but so and i love i love i read every single mock i read every single <laughs> i'm all over them i can't get enough of them and and they never end up the same but so for one daniel jeremiah he's he's big bald the, the top 50 prospects he ranks them in like who's the best player out of college number one number two like regardless of position and I think the top corner was like maybe in the 30s. I think mm. it was 30-something or late late 30s, early 40s. And, but in a draft, he had it fourth to the Raiders. So why would you be taking this guy fourth with the fourth overall pick yeah. if there's 30 players better than him? That is an interesting, interesting point. That, yeah. to me, all right, you may really need that position, but there's, I don't know if that helps your roster. If you could get a blue-chip player, but how bad do you need a cornerback? And this is what the combine is. There's lots of that going on. Is that... That Greedy Williams, uh, mm, cornerback. Yes. Yeah. Greedy, yeah. what an incredible name. Incredible name. Greedy Williams. And, and they've he, been a little bit greedy. They're reaching for him at four. <laughs> but they really uh, want to no, plug okay. that with the... No, I know. <laughs> uh, yep. But they want to plug that gap. And that is why we love it. Listen, uh, second question we put out on Twitter, I used to kick a pod, uh, was Sam Bradford. You may remember that name, Cardinals fans or Rams fans uh, or Eagles uh, fans. As uh, well. Vikings fans. Thank you very much. Uh, he did very well there as an interim. Uh, is he done in the NFL? That's the question. Uh, now, uh, 52% of the vote believe uh, he is coming back. Um, 48% of the vote said no. But those weren't, there were three options. And oddly enough, the options were, yes, he's going to come back before training or yes, he's going to come back injury mid-season. Um, but so you could say that most people don't think he's going to come back. What, what do you say for this, Charlie? I, I believe he will come back because one, he's, he, he, he's proven somewhat what, mm. because, you know, he what he's achieved. I know, I know he's had loads of injuries, earned loads of money, and he's, he's, he's never really reached the heights that people predicted of him. But he's been there. He knows the game. He's a veteran. He, know, he knows it all. He's not phased by it all. And he's at the most... It's not, he's not a running back. Oh, he's probably done now with those injuries. Yeah, yeah. He's done, oh, tight end. He's a quarterback. The, the quarterbacks that get signed, and who knows what injuries happen in the season, they're always wanted. Like, there's loads of quarterbacks, and I'm not dissing him, but uh, Jack Johnson, is it who signed for the Redskins? He thought he was done. Yeah. And now they're, they're, they're going to keep him on probably for next Josh, season. I think Josh, Jack, yeah. Jack Johnson is the banana pancake song. So, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. Was it Josh Johnson? <laughs> Josh, excuse me. And, and he actually come back and done well, but he's, he, he said he thought he was done. His career was yeah. done. And so if he's, if he's coming back and there's other quarterbacks that we see are always signed, he, he, he can easily be a better than serviceable number two. And, and he has earned the money. So it, it makes me believe he could come back on a team-friendly deal. I think we've not seen the last of Sam Bradford. I totally, 100% agree with you. I think he's got enough ability uh, to, to be playing Josh for some Johnson. time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, it was also at the Niners uh, in, the, in the era of uh, Colin Kaepernick and Blaine Gabbert. But let's not discuss that right now. Let us move to the NFL Combine. And thank you very, very much for getting involved uh, with the tweets on those last two questions. There'll be more in the week. Uh, so stay tuned. NFL Combine time. We did talk about it. This is a fantastic time for all of the GM's front office to be in one area and all of the potential talent coming from college all in one area. This is an opportunity now where people 
people will be talking and trade deals will be happening. It, it's a fantastic opportunity if you love a bit of speculation. Oh, and, and, and we know you're not mad on speculation. You like facts. I love it. So the combine's not great for you. No, you have summed it up perfectly, my friend. Basically, the combine is, is in Indianapolis every year. And it is, it's like a league-wide convention. They all get together. They all have their little pass, AAA, access all areas. Oh, friends, <laughs> like AFC friends. And they get to talk and they can discuss which players they like. And um, lots goes on. And, and it lasts all week. And, and, and the main... For, for those of you that are new to NFL and, and, and want to know more about the Combine, the main hub of the Combine uh, is on the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, when the players take parts in lots of uh, drills and gauntlets and 40-yard uh, dash, speed test, the, 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 the free cone shuttle. The They're jump. measured. All yeah. the best talent Everything, is measured. Yeah. Even, even bench press, they want to know the strength. And what this is, it's, it's sort of a way of centralizing all the information yeah. Uh, so all the teams are in one place, all the players are in one place, and they can all be watched by the 32 teams and all see the information in front of them. There's no different information being leaked out and spread out because before the combine, actually, it was I think it started around uh, in, in 1970, and, and the Jets were one of the first teams to do it. They would take down all this information... And teams started coming on, and, and the guy who was at Dallas Cowboys was like, look, we need to get on this, but we need to all pull this together, because players, what they were doing, they were getting all these expensive flights, missing college time, go into this team for this information, yeah. go into that team, you know what I mean? It's like, look, let's all come together, we all get them in the same room, we all ask them questions together, and we all get the same information, and what we take from said X information, mm. and how you process that, that's entirely up to you. So it's, it's a great format from that but there's so much more to it than physical tests and medical tests and players are they do interviews throughout the week now each 30 each one of the 32 teams is Mm. allowed um 60 15 minute interviews with players and apparently these interviews uh they they like they there's so much pressure on it. I heard one GM. As I said, it sounded like I'm there. I heard one GM. At <laughs> you the were there, bar Charlie. Take the, us back. Take us. I was back. at the bar in the hotel on my seventh <laughs> spritzer. And no, because I, 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 I read so much. And this one GM, like he was uh, anonymous, said that his team plays so much importance on mm. the smarts he called That's it, what it's of called, a guy yeah. that. He can know, not in 15 minutes, in 15 seconds, whether this is a guy they want to draft. From right. the opening hello to the way this guy shakes hand. And if you think about that, players are getting drafted on this. How did he come across as a man? How, yeah. what, what questions did he ask us? What did he want to know about the franchise? Where did he see himself going? What, how is he going to contribute? And so we, we can hear about 40-yard dashes and, and the jumps, but... It's these tests, and they call them the Wonderlick test. They give him a little test in his 15 minutes. If he's a quarterback, we're going we're gonna to give you a few routes or a few calls. You've got to call these back to us. How well do you retain and sponge up yeah. that information? How well do you want to see it? What are you seeing here at the line of scrimmage that made you change this call or made you throw that when you didn't need to throw it because the safety was already back there covering it? So it's these little tests, and we hear this, and you told me a great fact that in these interviews, and we talk about the Niners, Carl Shanahan and John Lynch, who is the San Francisco uh, 49ers GM. GM, they go in and I loved it. They play <laughs> good cop and bad cop. Yeah. And you need that, you know, it's almost like, a, and that to me, when you told me that, it's like a police interview, isn't it? You know, yeah. you get that good cop, bad cop. Well, it's like, because you've only got 15 minutes to get, e- extract every bit of information you need to get the assessment. 
it, to me, and, and, and this is running with your point, is to say, I've got all the answers I could possibly have, but what are the questions? So every team has to work out what questions they want to get of all this data and and the answers there they need to know what they're looking for and in that interview the uh they're looking at cognitive ability they're looking at intelligence um that's where they really know about that person's character on that one-on-one yeah massively and they can have sometimes you it might be two in a room but it might be 10 10 all from the cleveland brands in one room and there's one man how does he is he sweating is he nervous if you can't handle what 10 of us in a room now What's he going to be like at a meeting when he's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, shouting at him in his militant drills? So it's, so, it's such, it's such a, like a soap in itself. It's so, that's what I mean. It's a sport in itself. And you hear these and then, and so you've got that side to it, all these, mm. all these meetings and stuff. But then the flip side to it, so the, the, the players are grilled somewhat. But then it's one hub where all 32 GMs are under the same one roof in the same stadium, all their front office teams, all their scouts, and they all sit in the stadium, and they're all taking this information down, and they're taking it down differently because, like we said, how do they grade? And then it's where it's such a brilliant week, if you follow it, rumours start to come out because you'll hear, I mean, let's pick a different team. So we'll say the Dolphins. For pure example, might go, oh, you know what? I really, I really didn't rate that that Nick Bosa. You know, in the interview, we come across, and I'm not, I'm not saying this is all hypothetical. Yeah. By the way, I'm not p- pinning this to a player. Um, and then the Dolphins might go, yeah, we don't really like him, or blah blah blah. And then other teams will go, oh, oh, oh I, I, really, I, re- I really heard that he, he he was a bit he he was a bit arrogant in the Dolphins interview. You know, maybe maybe we was a bit too high on him. This isn't the guy for us. Yeah. And especially with the teams who have the highest pick because they hold the monopoly, or the Raiders who hold free. If the if the Cardinals they completely put a team off and say, oh, well, you know, the Cardinals aren't going for a quarterback. They're going for um, a cornerback. And, and we, we're third in the draft. And we, we thought we was getting him at corner. We're going to have to trade up now. It's really... And it's so... It's like it's smoke and mirror. It's smoke and mirrors. It's, it's chess. It's, every, it's a rumor mill. And it's also trying to dissuade other teams. Like, how many times have we, have we watched a draft? Um, it happened when the, the, the Bears uh, traded up to get Trubisky. And they traded up because they thought another team was going to get And I him. really believe that that was the wrong move. In a sense, not to get Trubisky, but they were fooled there. They yeah. went from third to second yeah. because they believed that Shanahan was going to go for a quarterback. <laughs> and yeah. he did. And I truly believe. And what they gave up, they could have waited out at third. Yeah. Really believe that. And, and that is why you will not see uh, Bill Belichick believe in the hype. And, and obviously, we look at that draft and that is defense heavy. Um, there's not a lot of offensive players there's some good offensive players but really this is the time to pick up on defensive players so so you look at the top uh, and you're trying to work out is it going to be Josh Allen is it going to be Nick Bosa who's going to be that offensive lineman that, that that's going to get taken first do the Cardinals trade back they'll know whether they want to trade back after interviewing him and watching him in this combine so so the way that the players uh, just bring everybody up to speed they're going to be assessed on the physical that means they're going to have x-rays done of them make sure they're all uh, fit and healthy it's like buying a car and then the there's the athletic side of it uh, it's a bench press as charlie mentioned 225 pounds they have to try and uh, push Easy, off their chest i've already clocked it mate done. well completed it i'm doing 230 <laughs> just so i've no, i've got an extra one in the tank uh, jumps so they're going to be testing their vertical um, and and changing direction and it, and accelerating, they're, they're looking for certain things. Now, interesting enough about that, uh, and then they'll they have the interview, uh, but they can be misguiding because the 40-yard dash is what you said. A lot of teams base on, well, this guy's so fast. He's, he's 
brilliant. He can really break the defense and I want a running back who's fast. Um, talking to that wide receiver, John Ross uh, had an incredible 40-yard dash, 4.22 seconds, fastest ever, went to the Bengals, got injured in that first year. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad player in any way, shape or form, but they... He hasn't lived up to a top 10 pick. He was picked ninth in the draft. Yeah. He was predicted fringe first round and his combine propelled him yeah. into the upper... Echelons, echelons, echelons of of of. of oh, I was of, doing too well. I tried to go <laughs> upper echelons of NFL, yeah. and, and and that sort of backfired. And now the Bengals will look at that and go, "We were tricked there. We were fooled." We're not tricked, but it's how it's it's it's. They obviously place a lot of importance on on the combine. Whereas I am a bit, big believer. It's if you've watched as a scout these players play in games in repetition mm. for years, then. Go on their game tape. Go on how they perform in games, real live reps, not how quickly they... Because game speed and real speed is, is a different a different ball game altogether. So a player... I saw another tweet this week and it said, teams put too much reliance onto the combine and they have to follow one simple rule. Football is very, very easy for football players. Mm. Football is extremely difficult for athletes. Mm. If it was that easy, we'd all be doing it. You know, fast players so don't true. mean you're a thing. And it's so true. It's, it's all about the game tape. Yeah, and there's, there's players who are not even at the top and they, they, they get drafted higher. Then players that have a really poor draft who get drafted lower, but then have a long career. But there is obviously some good. But the flip side of it is players that don't even get in, um, invited to the combine because not all players are invited. 327 are invited. The, mm. the top collegiate players are invited to the combine and I think it's 252, 254 that are drafted and then the rest would be undrafted free agents. But believe it or not, the current Super Bowl MVP, Mr. Julian Edelman, he wasn't invited to the combine. Mm. And for, for players that aren't invited to the combine, if you're wondering, they, after the combine finishes, all the colleges and all that they have their pro days where they can still perform and do re, redo the test if they think they can post better. Mm. A lot of them, the players that were at the combine, if they posted really good times, they won't take part because they want to sit on that time. They don't want to then yeah, yeah, have to do it again. A drop off and then people are like, oh, so we're not as good as he thought. You normally get people who weren't happy with their first time, re-go again like a reset or players that weren't invited. Well, anyway, Julian Edelman, he posted a 3.92 shuttle time and a 6.62 free cone time, which is very, very good both times. And he wasn't at the combine. The Patriots scats were at his pro day. Mm. He was taken in the seventh round. There you go. Look what he's gone on to do. So for the players, it's not all the, the ones that are there, even though these are the top tier. But, um, but you, would say, you would say that some teams get suckered in by, by, by the hype. And, and hype is what sells tickets. It puts bums on seats. Like I, I look at... Uh, who would be an example uh, of team? New- All right, so the Bengals, they need a few uh, positions. They've got a new head coach coming in. Now, do they make a splash or do they just shore up the, the holes that need need filling? And that's kind of interesting in the draft. Like the Cardinals, new head coach coming in. Does he make a splash or does he go for a player that's functional and not flashy? And, and when you're able to look at ta- uh, the combine and go, look at this guy. Like, like the Bengals did with John Roscoe. Look at this guy. He's the fastest. He's now on our team. That's not necessarily... Yeah, because it's probably all over social media. The yeah. fans probably loved it, and we're drafting him. But they want production at the end of the day. Because yeah. that, that, that novelty wears down. Mm. And it's so, it's so interesting. But there's so much going on at the Combine. And, and it's not just the players. I mean, we, so we know those are the tests and, and, and so on and so forth. But 
like we said, it's a chance where the GMs can meet and they're all under one room. None of this phone call, FaceTime or uh, phone conference meetings. All the play, all the managers, and probably they're probably staying in a lot of the same hotels, or they're mm. going to eat in the same restaurants, and they're swapping information. They're talking about information, and it's where a lot of trades. If you notice, because it always falls right after the trade talk happens there. Already, they said the Steelers team are going to talk to the the uh, the suitors who are interested in AB mm. at the combine, and then all of a sudden you might get one go. Oh, we'll, we'll get in. Well, if that's what he's selling at, it's only a, you want a second round draft pick again. I'm. I'm yeah. being hypothetical. Oh, well, if, if we know that that's AB's price, we're, we're getting on that. And there's so many rumours. Or then you get some people going, you know what? We, after we've seen the combine, we really like this linebacker, you know? And then so, another team could potentially say, I'm creating all these rumours, by the way. <laughs> but someone going, well, you, you're going to have a lot of linebackers in if you're drafting him. Maybe is, is this guy expendable now from your team? He's on yeah. a lot. And then more trades happen. And it's such an interesting... It's where all the GMs... And, and what what... There's so many layers to this. And, and honestly, if, you, if you're new to NFL or you're, you're not and you, you don't really get into combine, you're like, what is the combine? Like, it's so much going on this week. You love it. And <laughs> what I love that the NFL holds over any sport is hope. Now, this sounds really deep and it's not. No, I want you to break it down. Go deep. Go deep on this, Charlie. <laughs> okay, okay. Tears okay. as well. Okay. Crocodile why why do you say hope? It's so deep because... When, when, when a, f- a normal football season ends or a normal mm. sporting season ends, you don't all of a sudden go, right, right, oh, I can't wait for the new season because you know it's going to be more of the same. If your team's in a relegation battle, oh, it's probably going to be there again. Or like, you know which teams are going for the league, which teams are going to be fighting mid-table, which teams are going to be relegated. But every NFL team, and I, I believe this, you could argue, well, not really, not the ones who are like the Cardinals or the Raiders or the Jets, whoever. Or the but Niners, I believe, say them. Say them. Yeah. yeah, sorry, the Niners. I believe that they think next year we can win that Super Bowl. When they say that, I believe that. And it, it doesn't matter if you've got a new head coach or not, because every GM, every new head coach goes, we didn't have a great year last year, but we've made some changes. We've got a new offensive coordinator. We've got a new running backs coach. We've got a new uh, cornerback coach, you know, and we're going to be aggressive in this free agency. And every team of those 30, every fan of those 32 teams goes, we're going to be aggressive in these phrases. We're going to fill <laughs> those so holes true. in draft. We're going we're to get the playoffs. Every year win. there's belief. Exactly. And you would never get that. Next year you ain't going to go, Southampton are going to win a Premier League. Do you know what I mean? You might, but if you're being realistic, and I'm not putting down on Southampton anyway, no, but no, you have no. to have a pinch of really. But if you next year said to me, honestly, the 49ers, we're going to get into the playoffs, we're going to get AB, mm. Jimmy G's back. Yeah. You know, we are going to, like, it's all things played. We've, made, we've done this, we've done that. we got Josh Allen at pass rusher and AB in free agency, Jimmy G's better like, God, those four men, those nine The belief happens. The belief all of a sudden, you're in. And, 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 and they all get up there and it's, you buy in. Yeah. But, and but that's it, what I love it this week. But the, the experts have got that sense of realism. And after four games, the wheels come off of most of these chariots and you go, that's why I oh, didn't believe Oh, it's after two it. games. But, but f- from now but, until but, the season start, yeah. what a nice thing to have rather than... Oof. I know, I know. But you know what? The Colts, and I love their season. I'm not a Colts fan, and I know we've talked heavily about the Niners. That's the last time we'll mention them. The Colts, for me, were that team that epitomizes everything you're saying because they were written off. We've got nothing to look forward mm. to. Andrew Luck's coming back. Is he going to be the same? And then all of a but sudden, they they're in the playoffs. everyone but them. Exactly. And that is that belief. And the fans were like, oh, have we? We haven't really made any splashes. And it just, that's, that gives any other team out of the 30, uh, 31 belief that they can be the Colts next year and have a chance. Exactly. Eagles were last in their division. They went and won their division and won and won the Super Bowl. Why not? 
What, there's nothing like Chicago. They had a fantastic year. The year before, he was the most wins from a first-year head coach. And they completely smashed it, the Chicago. They, from their tra- trajectory from the year before to last year. So why not? And that's what it just gives me. You hear them speak this yeah. year. And you hear you hear the rumbles like, oh, well, this this team was actually, you know, they was they was asking about this team sort of plan. You're like, what, we're making moves, yeah? We're making moves. You're <laughs> like, oh, we are serious about next year. And it, all of a sudden... Because and everyone, it's funny, you know, when when you would see coaching appointments in any other sport, you might go, oh, but because we don't really know they're in that position, we're like, is this going to be a good one? Yeah, I, I'm like, we're really, I think, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, and you're like, why? You've never seen him coach? Yeah, I know, but how good was he in that press conference? I'm believing <laughs> it. Like, but they're all going to say the same thing. But it's so, it, it's just so exciting. And and for the players, just to go back to you made that point that we should focus on the game tape, you know. Aaron Rodgers says he's always hated his 40, game, his 40 time that he, yeah. he posted. And he said, it's not about 40 times, you know, as a quarterback. Do you know what I mean? He, he can still play the game. There's so many instincts that you have to have which aren't measurable. Really. Yeah, but those are in the Wonderlick test and that's what they want to know. And, and there's a lot said. It's the first time all these college players, after the GMs do their opening press conferences at the Combine this week, the players do it and there's 200 media all with microphones waiting to ask their question. And it's the first time you sort of like rabbit in the headlights. It could, could this be the man from the franchise? And it's, and it's almost Nate, Nate Burleson of good morning football. He said, mm. he, he, he always thought, just be true to you, be yourself. You can only be yourself. Mm. And he, and he said, I come from a very humble family, very modest. And he was just like, you know, thankful to be here. And he felt that that affected his draft stock because they, felt that they wasn't getting a winner, someone with passion, wow. someone who wanted to chase the game aggressively. He felt that that was detrimental to him. And he said the flip side of it is Baker Mayfield last year come into mm. the draft and uh, went number one. And before it, people were going, uh, Darnold, Sam Darnold, your man, Josh Rosen, your man. Baker was sort of in there, thereabouts. You know, Lamar Jackson was being spoken about, Josh Allen. Baker was sort of in there. Even though it was a Heisman Trophy winner, he was in there. Every interview, Baker went, I'm the best quarterback in this draft. I'm the best quarterback in this draft. And people are like, oh, he's a little bit aggro and he's a little bit confident. And it wasn't, he just went, I'm the best quarterback. And someone said, oh, the Browns have the first pick. If they draft you, what they get? And he went, the winner, he went, I'm the only one that can turn that franchise around. And he said, after, if you hear something so much. Yeah, you, you believe it. It's not believe it. But Perception you start is projection. Go, is that you start to go, well, well, maybe he's that good. Maybe he could turn it around. Yeah. And that's where that comes in. And that's where that's different. It's so interesting. I, I love it. And, and I also think that uh, a lot of the time, oh, it's two thoughts in my head. Lamar Jackson, when he got drafted with the Ravens, his first thing, he said, well, you know, uh, forget the guy, uh, uh, was just like, what do they got when they, they, they signed you? And he's like, you got yourself oh, a Oh, Deion Sanders. Yeah. Deion Sanders. What, Lamar Jackson? You, you got us. What, what, what's, your, what's your take? What have they got? And he went, you've won yourself a Super Bowl. Like, you have to have that confidence, I think. Yeah. So, he has to now go and prove it. Uh, what's interesting about the whole combine is, is essentially, and the draft when it comes up, is what have uh, we missed? That's what every franchise will be saying. What have we missed? Why are they reaching for this guy? Um, because I, I feel like they're going for him. What have we missed? And, and everyone starts to analyze their own grading system. And, uh, and that is going to be interesting to see. Interesting enough, uh, quick question I want to ask you, Charlie. Um, uh, we did have a question. I believe Nelson was asking about uh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle Murray. Kyler Murray, the man that is coming to the, the, the draft. He, interesting enough, is saying probably not going to take part in the throwing. So we're not actually going to get to see what he's capable of in the combine. Not 
really asking you is it a good thing or a bad thing but what do you, what do you make of that so, so i'm glad you brought it up because so hopefully we've covered the, the combine for you a little bit more but another issue to the combine is that um you don't you you're not obligated to participate in every drill uh and it's at your discretion really you know you really want to do the drills that are going to make you look fantastic do you not want to do the drills that don't make you look Mm. as good and show a weakness but then teams go is that a weakness because he didn't want to show us that so it could be detrimental but it could be in a way going no watch my game tape lamar jackson famously last year done all the throwing drills passing drills didn't do the running drill because a lot of teams were like oh should you be a wide receiver? And he, and he was like, they mentioned how fast I run. I'm not doing the running. I'm just showing the mm. quarterback, like real base Fundamentals, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and it worked for him. He, he got picked in the first round and now the Ravens are all in on him. So fair play to Lamar Jackson. But Kyler Murray, he's going to do the opposite. And he, he's saying he might not throw and people are saying because he's very mobile. But I, I don't know. I, that's not been confirmed, but it's something to look into more. But he's really uh, polarizing... Uh, prospect to look at not polarizing in terms of his talent but like he was he was a uh, committed to baseball he'd been drafted by the oakland days and now how how Murray. how well will he do in the interviews when you talk about your uh, what was it the work that's going to come work up lick? commitment work, work, wonderlick, yeah. wonderlick like uh work lick. smarts a <laughs> uh, little inverted commas gonna be, but we're gonna next week's pod is, is really gonna be we can go we can sit and go ah oh, he had a great one he had a great one and you'll really notice that, that someone's stock changing on on, on these tests and it's and it's crazy and and also players um when they get these interviews they they could get marked down you know and it's funny i keep mentioning nate burleson but another thing he said because it, it was great it was a great insight mm. because he he has been drafted and, and played for numerous teams but he said the teams in these interviews they bring up everything you've ever done he said yeah. if you've done something bad in high school you got a detention you've done something in elementary school or you know you uh done something that doesn't look too favorable mm. favorable for you they're pulling it up he calls it tweets and receipts he went they know everything you ever purchased and know everything you ever said so you better make <laughs> sure it's out there because they're gonna they're gonna grill you on it and it's that. so true it's yeah it's a great it's a great phrase but it's it's so true he said you know well you're tweeting they can't go oh i was 14 i didn't know but is this the kind of guy we're getting in our franchise and he said it's a lot about that and you see teams like that prescott had a little history fell back and these players they mm. delvin cook who was meant to go as the number one running back fell to the second round because of, of these like temperatures yeah yeah Mr. Means, thank you and but the vikings got him so how much do teams want to pay we've seen it with joe mixon and other certain issues he was a meant to be one of the top running backs went in the second round so it's it's what when is it the value like all right we know he's a bad kid but we're only wasting a five round pick yeah so it's very, and then, but the good kids get pushed up but are they the ones with the top talent so, very exactly it, it's uh trying to work out as much certainty as you possibly can in something that isn't certain yeah it's as near completely. as uh well, you don't want to waste a pick and then no, of course the guy the guy gets suspended by the nfl and you have to lose him or cut him we've seen it with the niners Ruben and ruben foster, foster and, that's what I mean. It's so there's so much to it, but this week, honestly, there's what you'll hear and what you won't hear. It's brilliant, and it's just like it's exciting. We're like, oh, Andy Reid had dinner with so and so, like all these new head coaches, <laughs> and like, what what are they talking about? And it's funny that it's tweets just, and receipts. You like they know idea. everything they're saying and everything you're purchasing. Everything they're saying, everything they're paying. You like that, <laughs> ain't it? You like I love that. that. Uh, interesting enough, Charlie. Uh, the um, uh, losing the train of thought completely, uh, massively. Tyron Matthew uh, with Bruce Arians, a really interesting, just read his book, finished it, fantastic. I'm going to lend that to you. He said they took Tyron Matthew third round 
talent was there. His character was being questioned. But Bruce Arians met him in that interview, discussed things with him, and then said, I'm, I want to work with him. Yeah. I want to work with this kid. He said, I want to, I want to turn it into a positive. So you, you might get a coach that r- doesn't mind it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Or, or a GM that doesn't mind it. And like, no, we want to, this kid knows he made a mistake. We want to work with him. Whereas other franchises might be like, we just don't want to get involved with this from the off. But it's funny. It's not just the GMs. Like, it, Matt, Matt LaFleur, new head coach of the yeah. Green Bay Packers. He said when he was a quarterback coach at the Falcons, I think it was, um, he, he would go to the combine. He would meet up with the other quarterback coaches and he would have to get the train in every day from the yeah. hotel and stuff. And he'd, and the players who were going to the combine for these interviews and drills, they'd be on the platform. And he said, it's the best time. He said, everyone's trying to hustle on the platform. <laughs> to talk about, so what do you think of this? And then they'd feed back that information to their head coach and everything there. So yeah. these players in this week, they're constantly being, it's like, like watched. They're being yeah. like, like a hawk. They're being spied on. It's, it's so. It's, I, I love this week. I really, truly love this week. Well, listen, uh, that pretty much wraps us up for, for this week on the podcast. Uh, Talking Combine is going to be a very exciting uh, week, as Charlie points out. Uh, we'll give you all the latest next week when we're back. Uh, but as we always do on this podcast, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, don't forget to, uh, to like, subscribe, all the usual things that the, the social media world uh, demands of us. But please, we do really appreciate and your feedback and questions for next uh, week. Charlie, is that it from us? That is it from us, but it's not it from us from the podcast. So do we just say goodbye now? Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Let's pass it over to our fan of the week to close the show out. Jake here. It's all about the Chiefs. Go Chiefs Kingdom. You just been iced by the kicker. <laughs>